0: All right, good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you came to join us here at Impact Life Church Online. We're so thrilled to be in your living room. We want to welcome you to our studio. This is awesome to be here together. And if you're just just hopping on, we're so glad that you came again. We want to welcome you. And uh, I want to just before we get started into this, I want to make sure uh, if you haven't subscribed uh, to our email list, I want to encourage you to do so, uh, not only just so you get updates about who we are and what we're doing, but also you can get our notes. And one thing that we've really worked hard on is we here, we are digital distribution center of the word in every form. And so we want to get the word to you as much as we possibly can. And one way of doing that is actually just even getting uh, the notes that I've written down. So what you can do actually just on impactlife.ca, if you go online, again, impactlife.ca, go under the more tab. And right under there, you can see Connect Card. If you just fill that out, even with your email address, we're able to ship some notes off to you. And that way, you're able to kind of do your own study, your own Bible study. Maybe you want to do a family study, because we really take quality time and just getting these notes prepped and ready for you. So make sure you make yourself available to that, because it'll be good throughout your week. And as we go through this today, you're going to have some a lot of scriptures to look at, a lot of things that you can digest throughout the week. So make sure you do that. Again, so awesome that you're here. You're on camera. I, I can't see you, but I know you're there. If you're there, say hey on the on the little browser there. Just type in hey, because I want to know if you're out there. Uh, we want to just touch base with you as much as we possibly can. We miss being with our church family. So, But again, I'm glad that we can do it online. This morning, uh, I just had some things that were stirring on my heart, and again, I want to, I'm so excited for the now word that God has for us, and uh, you know, just spending some time in prayer and just seeking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to talk to us as a church family about? What do you want to talk to us as a body about? And uh, so if you got your Bibles there, I want you to turn with me, and I know they'll be on the screen for you as well, but turn with me in your Bible too so that you can see it to First John chapter 5. And we're going to pick up something here. And uh, what I want to talk to you this morning is about faith. And I'm sure you've heard about faith. I'm sure what I'm going to be sharing with you isn't necessarily something brand new, but it's something that you need to rehear again and get yourself stirred up so that we're able, as the times that we're in, how many of you know that faith is what is key? Faith is how we live. Faith is how we overcome anything in this world. And I want to show you that here from the Word of God. So in 1 John chapter 5, we're going to read it from verse 1-5. through And I want you just to really hear these words, because they are powerful. And verse 1, it says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Now, how many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You can just put up your hand, man, shoot him up there. Yeah, I've, I've done that. Well, it says everyone who's accepted Jesus, guess who they are? They are a child of God. That is who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. Continuing on, and everyone who loves the father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Verse four, here's some very powerful verses here. It says, every child of God, again, who is a child of God? Verse 1 says, those that, have, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are children of God. Verse 4 now tells you, it gives you a little bit of a distinguishing mark. It says, every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Verse 5, again, just in case you didn't get in verse 4, he reiterates it in verse 5, just phrases a little differently. And he says, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So this morning, aren't you glad that you are a child of God? And what God says about you, He already says that you already defeated this evil world. I want to show you 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, from the, Amplified, uh, the new Amplified version here, because it just brings out some really good words. It says this, For everyone born of God... Again, I want you to acknowledge, even put that down, type it in that computer there and send it off. Everyone who's a child of God, say, I'm a child of God, I'm born of God. It says, is victorious and overcomes the world. I'm going to just read that to you again. For everyone born of God is victorious, has or is overcoming this world. Continues to say, and this is the victory that has conquered and overcomes the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Now, I want you to look at this again, verse 4, for a moment. Get your eyes fixed on that verse here for a second. I want you to see there's two words there in particular that God speaks about you as his children. There's some two powerful words that you see. Number one is this. He looks at you as victorious, and he looks at you as an overcomer. So you can say this with me, I am victorious and I am an overcomer. That's who you are. That's who I am because we are children of God. Now, a question that I want to ask you this is, what qualifies you to be in this category of saying I am victorious or I'm a victorious one? What does God or when did God see you victorious? When did he see you as an overcomer? Again, here's the answer now. you got to really hear this. The answer is the moment you believed and confessed that Jesus is Lord. Again, I want to just reiterate that question. The question was, what qualifies you to be in this category of saying, I am victorious, I am a conqueror? What qualifies you for that? The qualification was you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So let me ask you this. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you said yes to that question, guess how God sees you. He sees you victorious. He sees you as the overcomer. So now the question that you actually need to ask yourself is, when do you believe that you are victorious? Do you believe that you're victorious after all the problems and the trials cease? All of a sudden, okay, I, I've, here's a problem that I'm facing. Well, I'm only victorious once I get through it. Well, you know what the reality is or the truth is, is that you and I will always have problems but when do you believe that you will be victorious? Because according to God, God believes and sees you victorious before any trial, before any circumstance, before any problem ever comes your way. He already sees you and calls you the victorious overcoming ones. Now, do you see yourself that same way? Because it'll be very helpful if you do, right? (laughs) So, what uh, is a situation or problem that you're currently facing right now? What's something that you're, that's looking you square in the face? And as we know in the world around us that there is a problem that this world is already facing. And I want you to know that because you are a child of God, you have already overcome and already are victorious over this virus. That's who you are. We're not waiting for this thing to you know, kind of settle down a little bit and all of a sudden when we can start gathering and meeting together, then we're victorious. No, 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 no. you got to get this in your thinking now. I am victorious beforehand. Right on, we're just talking about a virus, but I know this past week, there's been lots of changes again that have been happening uh, with people's jobs, and so now there's some financial things going on and questions going on in their brain. I want to just encourage you again and remind you again that you are victorious, not because of, you know, we're, one day we're going to get through all this. You are victorious. You are an overcomer because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Go ahead, and just say that out loud. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And just by saying that, I mean, you confessed that a while ago, but just by believing that in your heart, God sees you, and he calls you a victorious one, and overcomer. Now, the Bible, as we said, you are a conqueror. You can't change that. I mean, that's in your DNA. You were reborn as a conqueror. You were reborn as a victorious one, but you may not be conquering, now, did you hear me on that? You are made a conqueror, but you may not be conquering. You were made to be victorious, but you may not be living in victory. Why? Because it's not automatic. Again, look at First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 4. Before I read that again to you, I want you to realize this, that it requires that I learn the ways of a conqueror. It requires that I learn the lifestyle of a victor. How many know that victor, victorious people, people that conquer, that there's a certain way or certain lifestyle that they live by, and First John 5, 4 gives us that clue again, so look at it in the Amplified. It says this, "...and this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world." Our, say it, our or my persisting and my continuing faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So, what are the ways of a conqueror? (laughs) How is victory lived out? The answer is my firm, persistent faith in Jesus. Come on, Sims, get excited with me here, man. It's my faith in Jesus. It's my faith in who he is, what he's already accomplished for me. That makes me an overcomer. Now, I want to just throw this out there that faith isn't a denomination. Faith isn't a movement. Faith isn't something that, you know, the old timers talked about back one day. No, faith isn't that. Faith isn't even so that you sound churchy. Right? I knew a lot of times people kind of put on the church words and they hither, thither, thou art, and they throw all these types of words out thinking that's showing off their faith. No, you can't just minimize faith to just something that you just kind of throw out there and sound real churchy. No, faith is a lifestyle. It's an attitude. And faith affects the way I live, by the way I talk, the way I think, the way I act. Faith is a lifestyle. And now faith, as we see here from the word of God, according to 1 John 5, verse 4, faith is the only way to live victoriously in this life. Faith is the only way to live victoriously in this life. You may be thinking, I've heard all this before. Maybe you haven't. <laughs> and sometimes you'd be wondering, I've tried all that, but I just haven't seemed to got it. Well, I'm glad that you've tuned in because we're going to get it. We're going to break this whole thing down because here, as a church family, something that we say at Impact Life Church all the time is we are anointed to preach and teach the Word of God so that people get it. And so I say that about myself all the time. I'm anointed by God so that people, when I preach and teach the Word of God, people get it. And I believe that as you're sitting there, maybe you're taking notes or maybe you're just sitting in the comfort of your chair. You're going to get this. If you've tried, man, I've tried walking by faith. I've heard about this faith stuff, but it just seems so difficult. We're going to take our time to go through this over the coming weeks, I believe, as the Lord wills, to just really sit down and look at the faith lifestyle because according, again, to the Word of God, this is how you and I, as children of God, live an overcoming and victorious life. Whoop, whoop, right? All right. Now, let me just give you an example of all this. So let's, let's again, we're going to break this down. But the example I want to share with you is that your relationship with God it began by faith, right? And now it's going to continue to grow by faith. So let's, let's discuss this. I want you to remember, think. Maybe you have to think a long time ago. Maybe you only got to think back a couple of weeks ago. But remember when you got saved. I mean, that's just a church word we throw out. Remember when you got born again. Remember when you accepted Jesus into, into your life. And all of a sudden, the, what we know, the Bible, the Christianese saying for that is, you got saved. Right? I want you to think back. What happened at that time when you got saved? Now, I'll just throw this out there. It could very well be that when you got saved, maybe you were drugged to a church service. Uh, or maybe you, you were know, sitting in front of a TV, kind of like what you're doing this morning is you're, you're watching somebody on television talking about the goodness of God. You heard about Jesus. Maybe somebody just walked up to you on the street. Maybe somebody walked up to you while you were grocery shopping or you are in the mall or maybe a coworker came up to you and said something about God and about the love of God towards you. Regardless of how it happened, we all heard a similar message and the message we heard is we heard how much God loved us and th- so much he loved us that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life that's John 3 verse 16 I mean you heard the goodness of God you heard that Jesus went to the cross for our sin you saw that he was beaten maybe you heard that he was you know he took all of our sin and that he died for us he went to hell for us and he rose again for us so that anyone who calls on him can be saved now when you heard these words about the love of God towards you what did it do inside your heart faith or belief in God rose up inside of your heart and you simply responded to what you heard and right there that's faith faith is simply a response to the goodness of God in your life right say that with me faith is a response come on say it louder everybody faith is a what yes it's a response faith is a response to the goodness of God the grace of God coming toward us i'll show you this ephesians chapter 2 In verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Now again, the moment you heard the goodness of God, you heard how much he loved you, that's the grace of God coming towards you you heard how much he loved you. You responded by maybe saying, Jesus, something along these lines, Jesus, I want you in my life. I acknowledge and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Lord. You forgave me of all my sin, and now I am a child of God. Lord, here's my life. Do something with it. It belongs to you. Maybe you said something along those lines, and at that moment, something happened. Grace was reaching out towards you, and which caused some belief, or what we would say faith, to rise up. You responded to what you've just heard, and you became, what the Bible says, born again. The greatest miracle that took place just happened when you heard the good news, and you responded by simply saying, I believe it in my heart, and I confess Jesus is Lord with my mouth. The Bible says you're saved. That is the greatest miracle that we've ever seen. So now that's how you were brought into the kingdom of God, was by hearing the good news, and by responding to it, Why would it be any different now that you're in the kingdom of God? I mean, think about it. Now this is how I got into the kingdom was by grace through faith. Now this is how I live my life in this kingdom. It's by his grace through my faith or my trust in what he's done. Let me give you this, uh, a couple examples. Now that I'm in his kingdom, it's, as I said, still the same way of living. His grace provided everything for all men for all time. I mean, I look at this verse, Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. Again, you have accept, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says this, that Christ has brought us to this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. You stand as a Christian, as a child of God, in this place of undeserved privilege. This is the grace of God. This is what he did for you right? And faith now, as I said, simply responds by believing what he did, that it is a done deal. We are not waiting for God to do something. He's already done it. Say that with me. This is important. We're not waiting for God to do something. He's already done it. I'm not waiting for God to heal me. He's already done it. I'm not waiting for God to bless me. Why? Because he's yeah, you said it. He's already done it. I'm not waiting for the peace of God for him to you know, give me peace. Why? Because he already gave it. This is what grace has done. Grace has already provided everything that you need on this earth so that you can enjoy a life with him and faith simply responds and takes what he's already provided. Let me show you this verse here in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Do you see that on your screen? Like right there on your screen. Do you see that right there? It says this, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't earn in his kingdom. I believe the same way that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got saved. You didn't work for that. I mean, just what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So why now that you've been brought into the kingdom, who said that you have to earn your healing? Who said that you have to earn the blessings of God? Who said that you have to earn the peace of God? Who said you have to earn the joy of God? Who said, who said, who said? Nowhere in the Bible do you find any of that. Why? Because now we live under a new covenant, and this covenant works by, by grace and faith. It's simply God providing it, and it's me believing what he's done. It's already a done deal. Oh, man, you could high-five your neighbor. I mean, if they're in your house, you're, that's allowed. So high-five your neighbor. Let them know it's a done deal. This is good news for you and I, that we don't have to try to earn these things from God. Why? Because he already gave it. Right? Okay. Let's continue on here a little bit. Now, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? I mean, faith being, this is amazing, and hearing all that, what faith can do and what faith has done, what faith gives me access into the victory. Well, how do I get it? That would be an obvious question, Right? How do I get faithful? Well, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, I want you to see this right here. God, at the very end of that, uh, that verse, it says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So the moments you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gave you a measure of his faith. I want you just to touch your stomach here for a second. On the inside of you, what you have you have a measure of the God kind of faith. It is in you right now. And I mean, this is the same faith that God used to create the entire universe. You can read it through Genesis chapter 1, and you find out how God operated, how, how we, he, he said something in his heart. He spoke it out. I mean, it says, uh, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be, you know, the moon, the stars, the galaxy, and boom, there it was. That very same faith is on the inside of you right now. When we just read it, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says God has dealt to each one. Who's each one? Each one of his kids. Again, are you his kid? Yeah, if you've accepted Jesus, you are. It's on the inside of you. A measure of the God kind of faith, a measure of God's very own personal faith is on the inside of you right now. Now, I, as I said, again, I have a measure of this very faith, but he gave it for me to use while I'm here on this earth. He gave it to me to use here. He gave it to me. He gave it to you. It's in you right now. So the question is, what are you doing with it? You choose what you're going to do with the measure that, you, that you've received. You can grow it, or you can simply just let it sit. But we see over and over, when you hear measure, you think that it, well, it can be measured. So I can have lots of it. I can have little of it. I can have no faith at all. It can be measured. And God never put a cap on it saying, oh, you can only have this much. Because other than that past that, like now you're really getting into stuff. No, God put no cap on how how much you could grow your faith. It's up to you, though, if you want to grow it or just let it sit. And I want to encourage you, especially in the times that we're living in today, it's not a time for you and I just to kind of be people of no faith. We are people of faith. That's who we are. And we want this thing to grow and grow and grow. And we're going to continue to find out how to do that. Jesus would say to people, he would say, oh, you have little faith. Or he would say, great is your faith. And even he said to some, according to your faith, be it unto you. So where is your measure of faith? This is big for us. So again, again, I say, I choose the measure of my faith. Now, how do I grow it? And I'm sure because now you're watching, you've been here with us for a little while now. I'm sure that you're wanting to understand, you're wanting to grow your faith. I believe that you're sitting, you're watching that, right? You want to grow your faith. So how do I grow my faith? Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, look there with me for a moment. Again, you've probably heard these verses again, but we're just breaking this whole thing down because we want to learn how do victorious people live? How do overcomers live? It's not like God's just playing favorites with people, right? He's not just, oh, well, that person, I like him. He prayed for 20 minutes today, so, oh, yeah, you're all good now. Okay, good. Go to the next person. Oh, I like the way that they worship. They just wave their hands so good. I'm going to throw them a little blessing. Yeah, there goes their blessing. God's not pulling levers and strings and, you know, I like that guy more than you and I like this girl over here better than you. God's not like that at all. He is no respecter of persons, what we see in the Bible, but he is a respecter of faith. And that's why, because it's not like God's helping people out more than others. No, everybody's on an equal playing field in that way, and you and I have a choice to make, am I going to grow my faith or not? And I would encourage you, this is why we're here. Okay, Romans ten seventeen. so how do I grow it? So then it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want you to read that right where you're sitting, in that beautiful, comfy couch of yours. I want you to say this with me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of god so how do i grow my faith i grow my faith by hearing and hearing by the word of god faith does not come to beggars faith doesn't come by to those who just pray for it oh god give me more faith lord if you could just give me more faith You find no scripture in the Bible that says if you just pray hard enough, if you just fast long enough, if you just worship wild enough, if you just, you know, if you fast for 40 days, you'll get more faith. No. It says faith comes. Say it with me. Faith comes. It always comes to someone who is hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Faith will always come. I love that word. Went right off the first two words. Faith comes. Faith comes faith comes. Faith is like an excited, you know, excited relative who's just so excited to see you. Ever, anybody ever had anybody like that? Like when I, when I come home, one of the, my favorite things when coming home uh, from work or wherever I may be is, uh, you know, my wife, Jamie, she'll probably tell one of the kids like, hey, Papa's coming home. And there is nothing greater than pulling up in my car, you know, getting, stepping out and my kids are all out the window. And as soon as I walk into the door, it's Papa! Well, I can see faith being like, the, like my kids. The moment you open the door, you spend time hearing and hearing, faith goes, I can't wait to get to you and just throw itself at you. Faith comes to who? People that pray for it? No. People that beg God for it? No. Faith comes how? By hearing and hearing. And just when you think you heard enough? No. You keep hearing and you keep hearing what? The word of God. Faith always comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, and that's why we just see this, God is always continually encouraging his kids to pay attention to his words. This is something that God has been talking. I mean, he talked in the Old Testament to his children, the Israelites at that time. Pay attention. Listen to my words continually. I mean, we're gonna read a couple of Proverbs here, but if you look through, the, through the, the whole book of Proverbs, you'll see so many times my child, incline your ear. Pay attention to what I gotta see. Incline your heart to my sayings. Over and over and over again, you see God talking to his kids. Pay attention. My words are true. Pay attention. Come here. Come on. I need you to come listening. And with all the distress, and every other voice that's out there, there is so many voices trying to grab at your attention, but we want God's voice to be the loudest in our lives. And so God is constantly calling us in. He's saying, come on, pay attention to me. Listen to what I got to say about this situation. Listen to what I got to say about your situation. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'll give you answers. I'll give you hope. I'll give you direction for what you need to see. I'll give you the pictures that you need to have. Because again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Same on the outside. Fear comes by hearing and hearing more. What you hear on the news, it's not helping you. So we want the faith in God's word. Now let me just show you this. Mark chapter four, verse twenty-five, four through twenty-five in the Amplified Classic Bible. Jesus said this. He said, "Be careful what you are hearing." Again, you see right here. Be careful. What you are hearing, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. Verse 25, for to him who has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. We have to be so careful in this time to what we are hearing. I want to ask you, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to, (laughs) right? Because I want to watch the stuff that I listen to. I want to watch the stuff that I'm even hanging around. Why? Because it's not there to entertain. It's there to influence. This is so important. The voices that you hear, all the words that are out there, they're not there just to entertain. They're here to influence you right? I want to just read you this quote. This is something from Abraham Lincoln. He said this, the influence of one generation will be the morals of the next. Now in the season that you and I are, are around and that we're in, I want you to be very careful to what you expose your ears to because the environment that your ears are in produces what you're influenced by. And what you're influenced by now produces knowledge. Knowledge produces a belief Belief produces an attitude, an attitude produces a behavior, a behavior produces identity, and identity produces destiny. Now, if you don't like where you're headed, if you don't like where you are, guess what? All you have to do is work backwards. If you don't like your destiny, change your identity. How do I do that? Changing my identity, I change my behavior. How do I do that? If I don't like my behavior, I got to change my attitude. How do you do that? If you don't like your attitude, you change your belief. If you don't like your beliefs, change the knowledge. If you don't like the knowledge, change the influence. If you don't like the influence that you're around, change the environment that you're giving access to your ears. It all goes back to the the environment for your ears what environment is set for you? What environment is in your house right now? What environment are you do you have on the inside of you? What are you constantly filling yourself up with? Because Jesus said be careful to what you're hearing because the measure that you give to it is the measure that's going to come back to you. So that can go positive or negative. The more that you listen and measure or the more that you listen to the word of God, that measure that you give it, that heart that attention that you give it, guess what it's going to come back to you. Man, I love that. I think that's so powerful. But it's vital that what, what's the environment of your ear? What's, what's it in all the time? What, what are you inclining or leaning your ear around to? I'll give you a couple of verses in Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 2 in the Passion Bible. This again, this is God saying this. He says, Train your heart to listen when I speak. Training. I mean, you can train your body to do a number of different things, right? <laughs> You can, do, you, can, you can train your body for so many different things. I mean, right now, like, we're at some point down the road, we're going to have to even train our kids. I mean, our, we just had a little baby this past week. Yay! Uh, but we have to, we're going to have to train our, our, our son to sleep properly. Like, sleep training. You hear that word tossed around. Well, God's even here. He's saying, I want you to train your heart to listen when I talk. It takes training. So don't just think, well, oh, man, I, huh, this seems too difficult. No, we're going to talk about that in a sec. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22 in the Passion Bible, it says this, listen carefully, again, God speaking, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your heart. Why? Because as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life. You can also say that's faith. It's going to impart true life. Into you and radiant health into the very core of your being. That's what his words do. This is why God's constantly calling us. Pay attention to me. Listen to what I gotta say. Yes, that you it's not saying that we just ignore all the you know the the advice that they give out there. That that's great, man. There's some stuff that's going on here. I'm sure that you're aware of it. Yeah, it's good to pay attention to that advice, but don't let that become the main influence or the main voice that's in your life. I'm going by what he says. I got to stick to what he says. He's my God. He's my Lord. I'm going with that, right? So why does God want me to pay attention to his words? Because your faith is your faith. Think about that. Again, your faith is your faith. You have to do your own hearing. You can't have anybody else hearing for you. You hear what you want to hear right? I mean not only that too but Jesus paid way too high of a price for you to get second hand information. I think that's what's so wonderful about our God is he wants to talk directly to you. He doesn't want to have to come to me to talk to you. No, 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 that's the old covenant. This is a New Testament. There is no man between us and God except for one, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus wants to speak directly to you about your situation, about your home, about your finances, about your health, about your kids, about your relationship. Ah, Isn't that wonderful? Because when you hear Jesus talk, Talk, guess what comes? Faith comes. Faith comes. <laughs> now, when I depend, now here's the other side of it. When I depend on others to hear, and I just simply do what I see them do, or I do what they tell me to do, that could be a dangerous thing called presumption. And we've heard many stories of people saying, well, you know, so-and-so did this. Yeah, but did Jesus tell you to do that? Well, no. Well, that's where you get into a lot of problems, is, well, I heard so-and-so did this, and somebody gave me this kind of advice, so I did that, and I prayed, and I just wished that it would work, but it didn't work. God didn't tell you. He wants to speak to you for yourself. So this week, what we're doing, I want to give you a challenge this week. I, let your, I want this to be your challenge. Let this be a time where you are giving your ears to the Lord to speak to. How much time do your ears get in hearing God? Listening. It's not faith comes by, you know, okay, I'm just going to ask for faith, ask for faith. No, no, no. What precedes faith is hearing. What am I listening to? What am I hearing? So this is your challenge. Every day this week, where can you go and hear the Lord? You shut the door behind you. You bring your Bible and a pen or a journal or a Bible and your iPad to take notes. This is it. You're going to do this every single day. And this is what we're doing. We're training our hearts to hear from him so that when he speaks, we're ready. Man, that, this is what I want. This And the, what we can do is we can train for it. So this week, I want you to find some time throughout your days. I mean, I know maybe you're spending a lot of time at home. Maybe you still got, you know, a few things on the go. But take time every day just to get before God and his word. Shut the door behind you. Leave the phone outside and just simply say, Lord... I'm here to spend some quality time with you. I want to hear from your words. And you'll watch as you spend time going through the word of God, not just reading the word, but listening to the word, listening to what he has to say, right? And as you're doing that, you'll find out that he's got things to say to you because, you know, Jesus said this in Matthew 4:4. people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, God's got some things that He wants to talk to you about. He's got some words to encourage you with. He's got some words for you to build your expectation. He's got some words, maybe it's for a new business. Maybe it's a new idea. Maybe it's just health for your own body. Regardless of what it is, He wants to talk to you. Now, part of it, when you get into your prayer time with Him, I don't want you just going talking all the time. Sit down, shut up, and listen. Right? Say that with me. Sit down, shut up, listen. Maybe you're not allowed to say that in your home, so I'll just say, sit down, be quiet, listen. I'm just messing with you, I'm just messing. So, because as we know, how do I know when faith comes? Well, how will I know when all of a sudden, when he speaks to me, when, I, when something comes off the word of God? You'll, you'll know it'll hit you like a ton of bricks. Man, when you understand when God just spoke to you, it'll just, <gasps> this excitement will build up, this joy, this expectation, this anticipation. Oh, God just spoke to me. I, I know it. I know it. And you'll just get so excited about that. I know. So this week, I want you to let us know when, when God's speaking to you, I want you to just let us know. Facebook message us. Maybe you can even give us a call, but let us know what God has been speaking to you about. Even on our Facebook times, even on this on this scroll that you see are watching on right now, let us know what God is talking to you about because we know that he's got some powerful words for you. Amen. I believe that. Before we close off today, I also want to just give an invitation uh, for anybody here, anybody that's watching, uh, that maybe you've never heard of this Jesus before. Maybe maybe you have heard him. Maybe you were part of church or things before, but something happened and you just ran off. Well, I want to let you know this morning is your day to come back home. This is your day for salvation. And I want to just ask you just to pray this with me. And if you're saying, man, I want to know Jesus, I want a relationship with him, You know what the cool thing is? This isn't a religion. This isn't, you have to, you got to do all these 10 things in order for God to like you. No, God loves you just the way that you are. And right now, if you will just accept him as your Lord and Savior, he'll receive you into his arms and he will be changing you now from the inside out. That's our wonderful father. So I want you just to pray this out with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for my sin. I believe that he rose again He did it for me. And I confess that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, thank you for saving me. My life is yours. I give it to you. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for welcoming me. I'm so glad to be part of your family. And if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, regardless of where you're at, I would love for you, if you could message us, you could Facebook message us, you could email us. If you go on impactlife.ca, you can find some different things about us. Our phone number is on there, our, our address is there, our email is on there. If you're just watching on Instagram or if you're watching on Facebook Live or on Livestream, please just contact us and let us know because we want to walk with you on this journey. God loves you, we love you, and we're here together to impact Generations for Jesus. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone, and we look so forward to seeing you again soon.